The Haysborough Pump Hill Ghost by Ernest Richard Suffling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Haysborough Pump Hill Ghost by Ernest Richard Suffling. At the present time on Pump Hill stands the instrument which has given it its name. Not many years since, a well occupied the same spot, but it has been covered in, and then it was called Well Corner. When the following incidents occurred, I cannot exactly say, but from all accounts, it must have been at the beginning of the present century, when a good business was done in this village in the landing of silk, lace, tobacco, spirits, etc., under cover of night, and a sovereign to cover each eye of the authorities. It appears that farmers coming home late at night were sometimes terribly frightened at a figure they saw coming up the main street of the village from the direction of the cart gap. It was an unusual figure, even for a ghost, for though it made good progress, it was legless, and, I might add, headless, for its head hung down its back between the shoulders. In its arms it carried a long bundle, but what the package contained none knew, not even those who had seen it. It was evidently a sailor, for it was dressed in the petticoat-looking garment in vogue among seafaring men in those days. Moreover, it wore a broad leathern belt with a huge brass buckle, in which was thrust a pistol, and a long pigtail graced its head so long that from the position of its head it nearly trailed the ground. After several farmers had been frightened nearly out of their lives by this legless mariner, two of them, more hardy than the rest, resolved to watch his ghost ship, for ghost it must be. For how could a legless man possibly walk or progress as this one did? Several nights they watched vainly, but at last one night came the bold smuggler sure enough, and the farmers quakingly followed it. Although its head was reversed and turned away from the direction in which it was going, it still kept a straight course along the middle of the road, until it came to the well. Here it paused, and balancing its burden in its arms, dropped it endways down the mouth, and after gliding aimlessly around for a minute or so, quietly disappeared down the well also. The farmer's story was next day told at a village council, and by many heartily laughed at. But despite the incredulence of their friends, they stoutly maintained the truth of their tale. 
At length it was agreed to search the well, so ropes and ladders, etc., being procured, a volunteer was quickly found to make the descent. A lighted candle was first lowered in a ball of clay to test the atmosphere, which being found pure, a looped rope, in which a young man was seated, was carefully lowered. Forty feet he went down with a lantern, but could see nothing, and was being hauled up again when he caught sight of a piece of dark blue cloth hanging on a projecting brick. This was exhibited, and again young Harmer descended, this time armed with a long clothes prop. Anxious moments followed, and then came his voice up the well shaft, in strange, sepulchral tones. I can feel something soft at the bottom. Accordingly, an iron hake, or pothook, tied to a clothesline was lowered to him, and after a while he succeeded in entangling it in something. He was hauled up, and then the clothesline too, and at the end of it came up a sodden sack tied at the mouth. It was eagerly opened, and a pair of boots protruded, which upon being withdrawn from the sack, were found to contain the legs of their owner, hacked off at the thighs. Armour was asked to try his luck down the well once more, but he declined to venture, his find having shaken his nerves very considerably. With the help of a little Dutch courage, a fisherman was at length prevailed upon to go down and see what he could grapple. Down he went, and those who could crowd near enough to the well-side to peer down saw him at work angling with his line and hake, but a long time went by without any result. Something soft he could feel with the clothes prop, but he could not hook it. He wanted more refreshment, so a bottle of rum and water attached to a string was lowered to him. After a refresher, he again went to work, and presently hooked a weighty object, and gave the signal to haul him up. Just as they were doing this, the object was hauled from the water by those in charge of the clothesline, putting his light out. However, the villagers hauled at both ropes, and the fisherman quickly appeared, bearing in his arms, or rather half-supporting, a large mass of what looked like wet clothing. Quickly dropping it on the ground upon arriving on terra firma, he turned it over, and, to the horror of those present, revealed to view the decomposed body of a man, whose head was only attached to the body by a small flap at the back of the neck. There was the broad leathern belt with a pistol still hanging in it, 
and the peculiar petticoat of the period. In fact, everything just as the farmers had described as appertaining to the ghost. Search was made, and in a week or so, evidence was brought to show that the black-bearded sailor had been murdered near the cart gap, as a large patch of blood and the corresponding pistol to that in his belt was found in a desolate bullock shed close by. Three or four gold pieces were also found embedded into the earth, and fragments of three empty skidum bottles were strewn about. Nothing was ever discovered of the murderers, nor was it ever heard who the murdered man was. It was at the time supposed that there had been a row among some smugglers, and that in dividing their spoil, one of them had quarrelled with his comrades, who had killed him by nearly severing his head from his body, and that to make the corpse easier of carriage to the well, they had hacked off his legs and placed them in the sack in which they were found. The money trodden into the soil gives colour to the theory of the division of the spoil, and the three broken bottles shows there must have been several carousers. They were supposed to have been Dutchmen, but why they carried the remains of their comrade nearly a mile inland to the well, when they might have easily buried the body in the sands, remains, as does the whole affair, a mystery. End of the Haysborough Pump Hill Ghost